it starts off with giving up on religion. You give up on religion. Okay? You give up on Allah. Say, oh, Allah did this to me. And because we're, you know, we don't understand who Allah is. So we, because of our ignorance, we give up on Allah or whoever gives up on Allah. So you give up on deen. Once you give up on deen, you start looking for a solution here and there, but you can't find anything. Assalamu alaikum guys. Welcome back to another episode of Kalam Kalbi. And today the topic is mental health. And of course we brought on a special guest. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about our guest. Um, he received his bachelor's degree in social work from Ryerson University. He is currently the resident imam at Masjid al-Jannah. He is also a teacher of higher Islamic sciences at Al-Khalil Academy. He is heavily involved in serving the Muslim community of Scarborough with the focus of mental health awareness. Guys, our guest is Sheikh Hamza Wardak. <laughs> It's a mental health episode, so we all came. Didn't get that. First of all, I'm not a mental health expert. We, I did a bachelor's degree in social work, okay? which was kufr throughout. From day one until graduation ceremony, you fake it till you make it, which is a lot of the liberal studies programs that take place in our university campuses, colleges. It's all kufr. There's nothing to hide about it. It's very destructive to our iman. And it is meant to be it is meant to be that way because i've mentioned this before here at the program as well right the muslims have the masjid christians have churches jews have synagogues synagogues atheists have universities <laughs> atheists have universities so this is this is a true true it's a reality. It's you not, guys are paying thousands every year. Yeah, this is this is not this is not something, you know, I'm saying or our teacher said, and we're backwards and we don't know what you guys know. We we went through the process, went through the system, and we saw it with our own experience. Professors hired purposely because they're atheists. If they're religious, they won't be given the job. I was told this by a professor who taught philosophy. Right, so the system is such where it's meant to drive you out of your deen, whatever your deen is, whether you're a Sikh or a Muslim or a Hindu, whatever it is. So even this topic here today, like I said, I'm not an expert of it, but we did a little bit of study on mental health. The way they teach they teach you mental health as well is to completely disassociate it with religion. So that's the first foundation that they want to make you understand is to consider the your your mental health to be completely separate from your beliefs. However, in Islam, 
from an Islamic perspective, okay, our mental health, okay, our mental health is directly, directly related to our spiritual health. And vice versa. Spiritual health is directly related to mental health. For example, whoever does not perform their Fajr Salah, there's two opinions. There's two opinions, there's a hadith of Bukhari. Whoever does not perform, number one, Fajr Salah, it's a lighter opinion. Okay? The other opinion is Tahajjud Salah. Shaitan urinates in their ear. Okay? What does that mean? Scholars then go into deep analysis of this. But the hadith continues that the person wakes up in a very lazy uh, manner, lethargic. He's very not in the mood when he missed his Fajr Salah. And again, the other opinion is he misses Tahajjud Salah. But for 2022, let's stick to Fajr Salah because where Tahajjud Salah is like, mashallah, what our grandfather used to do, right? So let's stick to just the Fajr Salah. We miss the Fajr Salah completely and then we wake up for school, right? And then we pray our uh, Fajr at 9 a.m., right? <laughs> it's long gone. But that's when, especially for us Afghanis, that's when our Fajr's Salah, 9 to 10. 9 to 10 is when we pray our Fajr Salah. So what happens is, your Fajr Salah is gone. You get up, the Hadith says that a person will wake up in a state where he is Khabithun Nafs. Khabithun Nafs, Khabith is that word where Rasulullah told us not to use it. Okay, not to use it for anyone for yourself. You should not say that I became Khabith. It's a very, it means it's, it's a wretched. I became wretched. You're not, you're not supposed to say that. However, the person who misses Fajr Salah, he is Khabithun Nafs. He wakes up in a state where he will just feel very horrible. So Islamically, what happens is your spiritual health, which obviously is in decline because you miss your Salatul Fajr, is affecting your mental health, which is the state of you feeling down, you're feeling bad, you're not feeling good. So, as Muslims, as especially as human beings, we are all created, we are all, all created in this world to insert, ensure salvation in the next. That's our purpose. Okay? And that is to acquire Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's pleasure. That is the purpose of, of our existence. So, when it comes to any obstacle, okay, any obstacle that obstructs our ability to tread this path, okay, to tread this path to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to reach Allah and pass away, leave this world in a state where Allah is pleased with us, any obstacle is a problem and is something that we have to take, take care of. So this includes psychological, physical, emotional struggles. If any of these get in the way of us and our purpose of existence, then this is a problem and we have to rectify the situation. That is why mental health, mental health is important in Islam. Where if a person has, you know, again, because of the effect, many times the effects of worship, not worshipping Allah. 
the effects of you know sin the effects of not fulfilling the commands of Allah when this affects our mental health directly then it becomes difficult to fulfill the necessary steps to reach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala happy so it is very important for us to realize to us for us to understand that in order to make Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala happy this 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 mission that we are on that from the beginning of our lives till the end we are trying to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which is the spiritual life right which is as the scholars mentioned the iman or the effect of the iman going up and down through the acts of worship right this again can be impacted by our mental health and vice versa so in order for a muslim in order for a muslim to have a balance okay in order for a muslim to have a balance then it is very very important okay it is very very important to build a relationship to build a relationship with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so these are just a few pointers that I'm going to mention because this is, again, the, the experts, psych, psychologists, etc. When they talk about this field, then, you know, they get so detailed, etc. that you don't even want to listen to it. But these are some, just a few points, just a few points that we need to keep in mind. That, that as the scholars mentioned, if one knows his mind, if one knows the state of the mind that he is in at that time, then one will know his state between himself and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we have to, we have to in order to achieve, you know, the, the closest thing to perfect mental health, we have to be up to par in our worship and our duties and our responsibilities with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is very obvious, it is very clear that the problems that we are facing today, right, uh, with regards to mental health, whatever it is, it is because of the lack of connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's very simple. You cannot separate the two. If you do, and you look at mental health on its own, and you separate it from spiritual health, then you're looking at it the same way as an atheist, and the way they teach us how to look at it. You know, when they say in, in, psych in psychology, it was, Psychology 101, okay? They taught us that because it was stats, they couldn't lie. So they said that anyone who follows a religion, anyone who follows a religion, right, will be more happy than someone who doesn't in life. This is, these are stats. Okay? Stats show that anyone who follows a religion is practicing, will be more happy in life than the one who doesn't. But just because the professor himself was atheist he had to add right his own footnotes which he should have got a foot in the head for right <laughs> he added his own footnotes and he said it's because of the fact that people in religion have a social surrounding <laughs> so when they interact with one another like this program here right you feel and i feel comfortable that we sit together we're part of one community etc right but he's trying to He's trying to say that religion has nothing to do with it. As long as you have social gathering around you, you have some social surrounding around you, 
you have a, you have a family to get to talk to, you have uh, friends to talk to, you will be fine. So it's not actually religion that has to do with your happiness. But that's not the case. For us, we understand that if we remember Allah with our hearts, then we will be more happy naturally. Right? It's, it's a promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran. Only through His remembrance can the hearts find, pe find peace. And whoever turns away from the remembrance of Allah, his life will be very narrow, very tight, very difficult. Full of anxiety, full of stress. That's why majority of the people, majority of the people that turn away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? Eventually there's that one time in their lives where they end up giving up on everything. Right? So this was just a few weeks ago we were with a very great doctor in Chicago, Dr. Hussein Abdul Sattar, and he mentioned this to us because the topic of suicide came up. It's very common. We have at Masjid al-Jannah, we have a, a number of brothers in our committee who work for TTC. So as you all know, suicide is not allowed being broadcasted on the news. Right? How many people committed suicide? But they will tell you that it's happening on a weekly basis, people throwing themselves in front of the subways at the TTC stations. But they quickly obviously clean up everything and carry on with life. So the doctor was saying, he said something very profound. And he said that it starts off with giving up on religion. You give up on religion. You give up on Allah. Say, oh, Allah did this to me. Because we're, you know, we don't understand who Allah is. So we, because of our ignorance, we give up on Allah. Or whoever gives up on Allah. So you give up on deen. Once you give up on deen, you start looking for a solution here and there. But you can't find anything. Because Allah told us when you are in calamity, you run to Him. Right? The Sahaba who were in, in, the, in the calamity... Right? Every night with the last dua we're supposed to make, Allah, there's no running away from you. Except for coming back to you. There's no place of safety except for running back to you. So anyone that gets distant from Allah, the only solution is to come back to Allah, not get more distant. But what happens when you give up on deen, when you give up on religion, when you give up on Allah, you became completely distant, the most distant you could ever become. Then what happens is you find no solution elsewhere, then you give up on your close ones, you give up on family. And what happens is you're working, you're going to school, etc. And you're like, you know, I, I just feel like a hamster on a wheel every day doing the same thing. You give up on your job, you give up on your school. Then what happens is, when there's nothing left besides your life, you give up on your life. And then you go, I mean, they go, Allah protect us all, and throw themselves in front of the subway or whatever it is. So he said, it's the disease. It's not the symptoms, it's the disease. It's a disease that our whole society is going through. Majority. Because there are very few grateful slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And those grateful slaves of Allah are the happy ones. Because true happiness is what lies in their hearts. Because they've tasted the sweetness of iman. They've tasted the effects of all of these uh, you know, acts of worship. Which leads to a, an almost perfect mental health, mental state. So that's why, you know, when, when Rasulullah he told tells us, right, 
when he tells us that he has been gone through so many difficulties, no one else has been gone through as many difficulties as him. The prophets, so many difficulties. The most difficulties that anyone went through were the prophets. So what did they do? Did they give up? No, they never gave up. They just turned to Allah despite the difficulties. We want in our lives that no difficulties come. That I shouldn't go through, uh, you know, a sad situation. If I, for example, you know, if I get married, I should never go through a divorce. If I have kids, they should, they should never be rebellious. We all have these expectations of life which are fake. And, uh, and, and, and the doctor was talking about it as well. It's because of social media, etc. You only see the good things that someone does, right? You don't see the fight that occurred in their home, right? So we see, we're, we're, we're seeing fake lives around us. We're trying to live fake lives as well. And that's why we easily give up. But we were promised that we were going to be tested. We were promised. We were told by Allah many times in the Quran, you will be tested in various forms, especially the believers. The solution was and always is to turn to me. But you're going here and there and running away from me. You're just, you know, digging your grave further. So if we realize this as, as youth, if we re realize this as youngsters and not get affected by what they're preaching to us in schools, etc., by what others are telling us, rather we are connected with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in such a way where we actually eventually, where a time will come, we'll actually see the effect on our own mental health that subhanAllah, because I'm performing five times salah, I feel happier and it will happen. Because I read Quran daily, it's like my daily dosage of medicine, spiritual medicine, and it is. Because the soul that is inside of you is longing for that. We are always busy fulfilling our nafs, desires. Right? We're, we're satisfying our nafs all the time. Shows, games, chilling, all of these other things, it's always, it's always fulfilling the, the desires. That's why, you know, ask a youngster, let's, let's have, uh, you know, a halaqa where we just, everyone's just going to read Quran all night. Not going to happen. Right? It's not going to happen. Right? But if there's chilling, if there's some taboo in this game, that game involved, you know, sorry to say, why? It's, it's, it's pleasing our nafs. Seriously, it's pleasing our nafs. But the things we do very little to, to satisfy our ruh, our soul. Which is the direct command of Allah, which is longing for, again, ibadah. It's longing for you getting closer to Allah through His through different acts of worship. So, you know, you know make this a point, as, as my brother mentioned earlier as well, the dua to be read after Salatul Fajr, the different adhkar, the different, uh, you know, uh, verses of the Quran that Rasulullah used to often recite. Our teacher used to tell us, teacher of Bukhari, Allah bless him, that if you just look at the du'as that Rasulullah read, you will find that their meaning, their meaning is so profound, showing us the state of Rasulullah mind, showing us the state of Rasulullah condition, how his heart's condition is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we're told to be like him. This is the month he was born, right? What's a lot of people doing? Dancing around, shaking their heads and reading uh, salawat or even more reading stuff that's not really recommended, right? 
That's what they do. They're considering that to be the way to uh, claim our closeness with Rasulullah However, you know, true love for Rasulullah is what? Following him. So it's in the Quran, it's in Hadith, it's in the Arabic Proverbs that the true, true lover, he follows his beloved. And, and we have to learn the condition of, of Rasulullah his state, what state he was always in. And I'll just end off with you know, one, one, one reading from how, how he Wasallam was, how his, his, basically his psychology, how the mind of Rasulullah worked. That he was such that his caution was represented by four things. Rasulullah was cautious. His, like, naturally, he was just cautious. For four reasons. Number one, he would do what is good so that it may be an example to be followed. He would do what is good so that it may be an example to be followed. Number two, renouncing what is bad so that it may be avoided. Number three, exerting his judgment to improve the condition of his ummah. If Again, if we bring these things into our lives, right? For worrying about others, making an effort to help others, to assist others, get others closer to Allah, Allah will take care of you. Allah is in your help. Allah is busy helping you as long as you are busy helping someone else. And then the f- number four, he would do for his followers what combined for them the good of this life and the hereafter. And then the, it's much more than this. We don't have time for it. The Shama'il of Rasulullah if you want to read it, it's available in English as well. The Shama'il, which is basically uh, the, the, the description of Rasulullah his characteristics, his physical features, and, and also his character as well. And you can, from that book that Imam Timid wrote, you understand the, the psyche of Rasulullah You really do. You understand, wow, this man was, it's not just his, his mission. It's not just the companions that he prepared. But there was something that the companions would see in him as an example and then bring that into their own lives. Which is why each and every single one of them became great as well. So this is something that we should all you know, keep in mind. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from all of us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to become his true slaves. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it such where we are always making an effort on our spiritual selves, always making an effort to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because there is no end to it. Subhanakullah, alhamdulillah, shadu wa la ilaha illa